This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? Be? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Hello, Scott. How are you doing today? My voice remains terrible with this cold that never ends, never-ending cold. Oh, um, I don't know. Uh, we need to check you for symptoms. Isolate uh, her now! Isolate no, her no. now! Don't, don't, listen, what are you, Wilbur Ross, joking about the coronavirus as if it's something Good for U.S. Serious. jobs. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Yeah, we're going you know, to talk about that first. But let me just say, last night I had to go on a nanny, a nanny— like it was like not Tinder, but that's not the right thing you want to do. It was like I had I, I I visited. We're thinking of doing a nanny share, and you have to like interview with the people who you're sharing with to see if they like you. Wait, I understand. Very, so it's a nanny that's split between two families, two people, right? Yes. And so it's yeah. the other family that has to decide they like you, not the nanny and the nanny too. The nanny, I would imagine. Is uh, isn't there an the app part. for that? No, but it was really interesting. It took me back to when I was trying to get my kids into school, uh, you know, into preschool. I'm sure Big Tech will offer us an app where you just click a button and a nanny who's going to trade off flexibility for making 70 cents an hour will show up. Yes, they're not making 70 cents an hour. But nonetheless, it's really, it was a really interesting thing. You you could actually, it's so disorganized. We were on listservs and everything else. You know what? It is a business opportunity for Kara Swisher. Yeah. Um, In any way, it was really interesting. But um, coronavirus. So. Uh, As everyone might know, uh, the Trump administration doesn't just say the quiet things out loud. They say the horrible quiet things out loud. And Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, who I didn't know was not still sleeping, managed to say the worst thing, which was that this could be good for U.S. jobs, meaning that shutting down of China. uh, You know, I'm assuming he's not referring to deaths, but who knows with this guy. Um, And, you know, bringing jobs back here, which is just a ridiculous, it's such a short term. They're not going to suddenly open a factory in Texas because there's corona virus in China, unless it's ongoing, which would mean it would be come over here, and it has been coming over here. So, uh, you know, he, he does bring up a question, not so much that we want to bring jobs here, which is a horrible way of looking at it, but the impact on uh, tech companies, which are highly, you know, involved in manufacturing in China, especially Apple um, and some others, and Apple had great, we're going to get to tech earnings later, but Apple had great earnings uh, this this quarter, um, and it's a lot to do with the iPhone 11 selling well and, and AirPods and things like that. But there's tons of tech companies that have so much business in China, um, as do many other businesses. But tech is particularly tied to China, and including the Chinese market, uh, selling into the Chinese market. What do you? What is? Your, what are your thoughts on this coronavirus situation? Well, I, I want to 
flip it back to you because you're. Uh, I, I find stuff like this, and you have to be careful because it's the stuff you're not worried about that hits you hard. And granted, there yeah. are now officially more diagnosed cases of coronavirus than the, the SARS virus, so SARS, it's officially right. bigger than SARS now. But there's mm-hmm. only been five cases presented uh, in the U.S. where where it probably hits economically, and we always have a tendency to go to the economics versus the human cost. Is that People initially said, so for example, with Apple, well, 20% of iPhone sales are in China, but it's not its not sales that could be affected. It's their supply chain, right? Supply chain, right. And and there's been a couple things, I think, over the last 12 months that have, uh, and coronavirus might be one of them, depending upon how, you know, if it continues to march on. But the tariffs have, have forced every U.S. company to look at how diversified or non-diversified their supply chain is. So if you're an apparel yeah. company and you were doing sourcing 90% of your products out of China, you started rethinking that. Um, and then this will probably give people more pause if it turns into something. I, it's, so far, it's more perception. It's more hype than horror in the sense yeah. that economists are taking growth down. But, I mean, five cases in the U.S., um, 8,000 cases in China, which is, I think, about 170 deaths uh, which on a country that scale, it, it's all about the potential. It's the low probability, yeah. high severity scenario that everyone's working out that hasn't it hasn't presented itself. You know, related to this, let's get to the next story: the the, yeah. the trillion dollar budget uh, yeah. deficit. Uh, again, another slop, you know, just tax cuts, and therefore we're going to pay for it, our children as you talk about this. According to the Congressional Budget Office, reported this week that the U.S. budget deficit would reach $1 trillion barrier in 2020. The deficit is expected to average $1.3 trillion between 2021 and 30, rising from 4.6% of GDP to 5.4% over that period. You've talked about this, but again— this is another thing that will later be impact not just tech but other parts. You can't keep fueling this to you know doing this to fuel economic expansion. Well, it, it, so I'm just kind of shocked that that Steven Mnuchin he 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 promised me that the tax cuts would pay for themselves, and they're not apparently, which is just is just shocking, Kara. And think of it think of it this way: think of the government just as a business, and that is it provides. Your customers are taxpayers who pay taxes, and in exchange, they expect, you know, a certain level of national security, take care of our old people, uh, build our roads. You know, we it's a business, right? And right mm-hmm. now, this business of the government is taking in three and a half trillion dollars, and it's spending four and a half trillion. You might say, okay, they're mm-hmm. in growth mode. They're like a VC-backed right. company. They're Losing a trillion dollars or they have negative operating margins of 25%, which must mean they're in growth mode. It was announced or released today that our growth is 2.2%. So we've effectively said, okay, we're going to get get these massive budgets. And are we investing in infrastructure that will make us productive? Do we have high-speed trains to get us places? Are we investing in education that will create a new generation of productivity from from intellectual or human capital coming up to the Python? Are we investing even in defense that it secures our peace and prosperity? No, we're, we're investing in tax cuts, thinking that this, again, this fetishization of wealthy people being our most productive citizens, yeah. thinking they would invest in new businesses. New business startups are not up, right? Uh, CapEx they are not. is not only not up, it's not down. A, I mean, it's just— it's Keeping just, it for themselves. It's just, keeping it for themselves. Yeah, or companies are reinvesting, buying back shares, which, again, increase asset prices. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? Home prices are up. Stock prices mm-hmm. are up. So people who own that those assets, i.e. old people, baby boomers, 
get wealthier, and and young people are not only not able to buy anything, but they have this this debt hanging over them that, that at some point they're going to have to pay back. So this is yeah. this is hits just like this this we are kind of I, I hope we're at peak negligence in terms of our approach to to government and deficits. But I think this is this is going to be it's not an issue until it is. And the moment interest rates spike, the interest rate payments on our debt are now greater than. Uh, what we spend on national defense. So if interest rates were to, say, go from 2 to 4%, which would not be historic, it would almost be cyclic- mm-hmm. cyclically mm-hmm. normative, you would have the U.S. would all of a sudden be saddled with paying for the largest defense budget twice in a matter of potentially 24 or 36 months. So I, this is a, this to me is a really creeping, ugly well, issue. This is, a, this is a guy that knows about um, about deficits or bankruptcy. Um, so, you know, it's just, I think it'll, we'll see how it affects, you know, the stock market isn't necessarily immune from this, like that they don't realize this is hanging yeah. over their heads, you know, and you can't fakely pump things up for that long in, in general. Now, let's get really quickly then to tech earnings because yeah. Apple had a really great quarter, uh, on the uh, holiday iPhone sales, the 11, I have it, it's a great phone, um, it's, you know, it's it, the AirPods have turned out to be a pretty, you know, everyone was like, great diversification of Apple away from these devices, but these devices did really well. Um, and they've been moving into sales and services. You know, Apple TV Plus had a had a strong quarter, although it's free. I mean, I it's, it's not, it probably is losing a lot of money, but it's de minimis to Apple. But so the diversification of its, uh, of its, the things, that's why it's so important in this China thing, they get away from just the, just the, the, um, it's a whole ecosystem versus just the, the device. So Apple did really well. Microsoft, um, Facebook did not. On the other hand, people were worried about a rise in expenses, um, and uh, the, so it's cute. It, it hit two point five billion dollars, but slower profits. You know, is it's just not. They're not finding as as much. Um, but it's really getting. You know, it's getting crushed today. The the Facebook earnings, um, and then there's others. Amazon will report. Um, later today, and we'll see how that does. Um, but in general, they're not bad. You know what I mean? Like in terms of growth, um, they're not they're not doing that badly. So what are your thoughts on the earnings? Well, let's break them down by company. So Apple had just a monster quarter, and that mm-hmm. is you have over 50% of revenue coming from the most profitable product in history where you have Toyota-like production volumes at Ferrari-like margins. And mm-hmm. the, everyone was worried in the last three quarters, iPhone sales have declined year on year. And this year, mm-hmm. they renewed their growth. So it's like the right. the golden goose is back, you know, laying golden eggs. In addition, you mm-hmm. had the services business up 19%, again, moving towards this recurring revenue model, the Rundle. Mm-hmm. And the surprise, the blowout here was a a 38% increase in the wearables group. And the wearables group now, which consists of the Apple Watch and the AirPods, and the AirPods are looking the to AirPods. be— The uh, AirPods are moving the whole thing. It's, uh, they're wonderful. Just taken alone, that group, the wearables group, is now a Fortune 150 company. And yeah. if you were to have a product for the last decade, it would be probably a toss-up between Amazon's Echo and Apple's uh, AirPods, which goes to the Not notion AirPods. that <laughs> anyone that believes these companies aren't— aren't um, monopolies should just act are the only real product innovation taking place at Apple and or Amazon or does infinitely cheap capital a, con- a channel that you control a captive base the ability to put competitors mm-hmm. out of business have anything no, no, to do with that No it's a great that. product 
it's a great product. I don't wear oh, it oh, much. I don't like it as much. You know, I mean, it's, uh, people do wear it and they love it. It's a good product. But I'm saying it's a great. It's an innovative. I don't see any. I've tried every other year. I'll go anywhere on those, and they're just the best. They really work the best. They, you know what? You the other day, I, but the thing is, you don't uh, know that because the Bose product in it, the Bose in ear noise canceling product I was as good was as good or better, but it doesn't connect to your iPhone as well. And the iPhone, and that's Apple, what I mean. What the do you whole, know? The whole, you're right. Fair but the whole point, ecosystem. No one else. No one else can. No that's one else I mean. can elbow their way in. And it's just right. What are the What is the probability that the two most innovative products of the last ten years happen to be from the two biggest monopolies? But anyways, yeah, back to true. earnings. Uh, Apple revenue is up nine percent. Great. A- Apple up and, 9%. and Apple Plus doesn't seem to be hurting it, even if it's losing money. It's a good investment. People like that. It's sweat People off like their the brow. Investment. It's sweat off their brow right. if they sell a few more iPhones. And it's iPhones. a good investment. And, and if they and if they move more and more revenue to this recurring revenue services model, the, they've ex- experienced multi, uh, multiple expansion. And you want to talk about the mother of all multiple expansion. Apple's earnings over the last twelve months are not up a lot, but the stock has doubled. So the marketplace, Kara. Yes, has recast Apple. Why? Because they're starting to see signs of, you guessed it, the Rundle model, right? So all of a sudden, it's gone from a P of 12 to a P of 24. Uh, Revenue's up 9%. Earnings up 19%. This is just a monster quarter. We're going to move to another company. Microsoft's another one. I have other companies, so we got a bunch. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yep, sort of catching up to Amazon in the cloud area, like cloud area. really. 62% year-on-year growth of Azure, and this might be a seminal moment in business because Mm -hmm. if Amazon, after the close of business today, comes out with AWS earnings or AWS growth, that is underwhelming. What you might see today mm-hmm. is one of the greatest pivots or the greatest handing off the batons in kind of modern business. And I don't know if anyone yep. will observe this, but if all of a sudden, if, if Azure is growing 62% year on year and AWS reports less than stellar results today, we're going to see a new leader in the cloud, at least from a market standpoint. And it'll go from Amazon right. to Microsoft. And you're talking about the most profitable, fastest growing yep. part of tech. And Microsoft may become crowned the leader in cloud this afternoon yeah, now based they got, on what let me AWS just They got Jedi, which is under, you know, under controversy because of yep. Trump attacking Amazon. and But then they also got Salesforce to to, to have the marketing cloud service yep. to, for Azure to run, to run it, to be on the, you know, it's just, it's really interesting. Yes, they definitely, I think uh, we're having, um, he's really, he's really doing, the, the CEO has really turned this company around by focusing on things like this and not the other noisy stuff. So you have Apple staggering quarter, you have Microsoft, unbelievable adult. quarter, and then the only not one that's- Facebook. But uh, but let's look at it, all right? Facebook growth. Right, let's look at it. Twenty five. Explain, explain what happened. People are it's off because it's well, been growing. The, you know, it's up to billions of users, right? The growth is up twenty five percent year on year. A company that's growing twenty five percent year on year its top line on this type of revenue base is just extraordinary. It actually beat mm-hmm. estimates on the top line. It, however, however, its costs accelerated 50%, which is compressed margins yeah. and dramatically compressed earnings. It's the first, it's, it's the first time it's had a full year of sub 30% growth. Its margins are compressing. The, the piece of business or the, the thing that people missed that I think was really or could signal what's ahead for Facebook was this $550 million class action suit they settled around yeah, violation of people's. Cool. What? 
I know. I was like, huh? Where'd that come from? Yeah, where'd that come from? So the state of Illinois led a class action suit against people who filed a class action vis-a-vis an Illinois law saying you can't violate people's biometric privacy. And biometric includes photos. So Facebook was uploading Mm -hmm. photos. And if you tagged your one photo, they would use then use technology to put your name on photos elsewhere around the network, which is technically a violation. That's right. And it's interesting, and you'll love this because you're a privacy person, but I do find it's very interesting that privacy experts are especially worried about violations of your biometrics because whereas you can change Mm -hmm. your credit card number, you can even change your social security number, you can't change your retina. You can't change your fingerprints. And so they're right. very sensitive about what Although people do people with that data. some people say that the focus on facial is, is too much. It's like it's not as, you know, the, all of it together is is um, is important. You know what I mean? Like it just, I, I agree. But, but biometric gets people going, like, wait a minute. And I think they it really does bring into sharp relief the power of Facebook or whoever is doing these things. In, in, probably Amazon and Facebook in that regard. Um, I think that, I think biometrics, everyone's like, Mm. they start to get uncomfortable with that, with that part of it, even though everything else is being strafed from their personal data. Um, but this make this hits home in a way, a different way, I think. And this this settlement was quite surprising. And and I think they have more to come in but other, the, other the, states the, have got to see blood here. Despite this, Facebook did have a beat on the top yeah. and the bottom line. But we're used to yeah. Facebook. The market is used to Facebook absolutely blowing away. Their earnings. And it's really the first time people say, well, it's the third time they just met earnings. And that's not true. One time they they missed it was because they absorbed a full $5 billion fine from the FTC. Another time it was because they moved to a different accounting method. We The market has become so used to Facebook blowing away all estimates. And they didn't blow them away. They just slightly beat them mm-hmm. that the stock was off 7% in after hours. Yep. Also, what was interesting, if you listen to the earnings call, was that the Zuck took on a fairly defiant tone. He didn't say, mm-hmm. we've learned a lot here. We're going to have to make big changes or our, 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 our moderation, our investment in privacy is paying off. He basically said, we have a rough year ahead of us, suit up. He sounded very, uh, very defiant. And it was it yeah. was sort of a little bit, I don't know, It was I thought it was very disappointing, the the Tony took. But basically, oh, he's Apple, always like that. Oh, God, I've, had, I've listened to that tone of voice so many times. They never can like ever have any humility at that company. I'm sorry. Yeah. They just and he's not he's not arrogant in the traditional sense. It's sort I think of in the clueless. Peak. He's like a he's it, like a, a 19 it's year old peak. that's never it's, had done anything but started a company that became one of the wealthiest. I, uh, no, he's because totally it's not. Detached. It's not the same thing. It's a really weird like. It's sort of like I can't even explain how irritating it is to listen to all of them. It's it's the whole it's that interview that you know the, the Times did what I thought was not a very good story on Adam Masari, but his quotes were like I don't know. I just was like, oh God, shut up! Like stop it! Like can you can you entertain the fact that people might be nervous about you people? Like like what is wrong with all of you? Like ugh, ugh, ugh. you're getting in our way. Ugh. Kara Swisher has had know. it. She's had it. No, up but to no, no, here. no. They have the ugh. They have the ugh. Like, they're, they're like, they dismiss you, your concerns about facial recognition as problematic, and then they turn around and pay some. And I'm sure they sat in that room. And it's like, let's pay them off, those, you know, those assholes of Illinois or wherever. The, you know? Anyway, so last thing, very quick before we get to the break. Yeah. Let's talk about Amazon, Uber, and Lyft. Amazon will be reporting at the end of today. We're taping on a Thursday, and so we will know by Friday. But also Uber and Lyft, which will be uh, dropping their earnings reports at the beginning of February next week. What are you expecting? Trouble, I, I'm sure. Trouble. Amazon's going to be just super interesting. I think everyone's going to be focused, very focused on the cloud. I, I just, it's... 
you know, the march of Amazon, it'll be very interesting to see. What I think you'll see is uh, if it doesn't, if, if it doesn't have a good quarter, I think people are going to start uh, asking if Bezos has lost any focus. Uh, but he's like, they, everyone's waiting on Amazon because Amazon is probably the most interesting company in the worldwide right now. Uber and Lyft, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just think these companies have terrible business models um, and are, uh, you know, the gig economy really does represent kind of all the, you know, the digital exhaust or the carcinogen of of tech moving to this third era of exploitation. So I'm I'm a bit biased here because I don't like them and I hope that they, mm-hmm. I hope that they, what's the term, shit the bed. But it's, we'll see. But I don't see, I don't see any reason why they would report, especially, we'll see. Maybe the expectations are so low. Mark Mahaney, who is an amazing internet analyst, actually thinks that the stock is a buy, which I don't quite understand. I think what you will see mm-hmm. over the course of the next 12 months, though, is I think they're going to exit the Eats business and try and sell it to somebody. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that. I think that market is consolidating and really? they need more focus, and I think they're going to get out of oh, it. Oh, yeah. they have been, like, touting that. That's it. Well, get the, put that in predictions because that's yeah, something we'll I see. haven't heard. They need well, to get out we'll of that see. business. It's an undifferentiated business with overfunded players, and and Uber needs to show some focus and margin growth in its core business, which probably could be a good business if it got if it got um, much smaller. Oh, and by yeah, the way, so I feel waiting. like a journalist. What? I'm getting tips. What? I'm hearing from a bunch of people domestically from Oyo who say that seventy five percent of the sales staff's been laid off in the U S. and that Oyo is starting its. Do, have a, you confirmed this? I need to teach you journalism, my friend. You can't just. Say it, the rumors you hear. You know that, right? Who would I call? That's How do I confirm two. it? Say That's more. Step two of journalism. You can't just go, I'm hearing. Are you Robert I'm, Redford or Dustin Hoffman? No, I'm so I'm Robert the, Redford. I, you're, I am so uh, Bernstein. Wait, which no, one's Woodward? Which no, one's Bernstein? Woodward. He played Woodward, Carl. Um, I want to be deep throat. Let's Hoffman. meet in the men's room. Kara, I have oh, information. God. You know what? In any case. Uh, no, I but it, am gonna, go we're going to go. I, I see what you mean, but you need to. You can't just repeat rumors you hear, just so you know. Why the hell not? Just, I'm not a journalist. Know. I can do whatever the fuck I, I want. That, I'm the dog. You just said I'm such a journalist. I'm like, okay. If I, I want to jump on the table and grab that bone, I will. That is not good enough for even a high school I'm not newspaper. a purebred dog. T- will, the dog is a mutt, but he's friendly. You, I will he's nuts. give you some tips when when, when next we meet. No desire to present myself as a journalist. There's a thing called a phone you call. Around Why would for I do that? information, or you get a comment from the company. I'll help you with that. I'll help you with the sort of yeah. basics about no. lock and tackle. But when when we get back, we're going to listen to some listener mail about Huawei and wins and fails and predictions. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. 
Okay, we're back with listener mail. Actually, it's a drop-in from Eric Anderson, who cannot get enough of the mic. I've got to watch my back, obviously. Go to the date. Hey, Karen Scott. So last week when I co-hosted, I mentioned how President Trump had discouraged U.S. companies from selling their semiconductor tech to Huawei, tech that could have helped them to quickly scale their 5G ambitions. Well, over the pond this week, Britain said it would not ban equipment made by Huawei from being used in its new high-speed 5G wireless network. This obviously is a hit for Mr. Trump. Do you think America should double down on this campaign against Huawei or follow Britain's lead? So, Scott, I mean, Britain, isn't, I guess the relationship between Boris Johnson and Trump is not going well because they decided not to ban equipment uh, made by Huawei being used in its new high-speed network. They said they're going to keep it away from the more uh, sensitive areas, but it's obviously a hit, and it looks like probably Europe is going that way too um, in different parts, even though there's a lot of pressure to bear that they've tried to do. But uh, Huawei's, you know, going around the globe, and I think— um, you know, what's going to happen? What do you think? It hasn't worked. Uh, the Trump administration's efforts here have failed miserably. I think this so. is the most important story of the week, and it, it represents Agreed. a lot of things on a, on a lot of levels. And the first is that the damage being done here is similar to what you were saying about a defection of scientists from the administration, our inability to attract the best and brightest as we continue to, not, to deny science. This is this is big because effectively what you have is the British have said, look, boss, if you're going to insult us, if you're going to insult our intelligence agencies, if you're not going to shake the hand of Angela Merkel, you know, eventually that shit comes back. You know, karma's a bitch. And so the strongest alliance right. in the world, the North Atlantic Treaty, is fraying because of the short-term ass clown behavior of our leadership. And we now mm -hmm. have Britain, which has decided to say, OK, we are going to choose China. And that is yeah. the U.S. has basically said there's something called the eyes of the five, and it's basically a bunch of nations who share intelligence. It's New Zealand, Australia, yes. the U.S., Britain, and I forget one other. It seems like kind of the ultimate white guys club. Like I'm sure Canada yeah. and northern Norway are going like to join It's like a James Bond movie. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And the British have basically said, okay— we are either going to give up U.S. intelligence, which is what the State Department has been threatening, or we're going to have to deal with the economic retaliation of the Chinese. And they decided that the economic retaliation of the Chinese was more of a threat than losing U.S. intelligence. This might be a seminal yeah. moment where we see the West or Europe start to choose China over their ally based on our poor decisions, our inability to continue to solidify our relationships with our brothers and sisters and the greatest treaty over there, and also— if, in fact, China does supersede or ascend to the most powerful geopolitical force in the world, it will happen. But we won't realize or acknowledge it for 10 years because as a nation, we're narcissists and we well, tend to think that the U.S. is always number one. But looking back, if we were to say what was a key moment in this, it was when our probably our strongest ally in the world yeah, decided no. to choose China's wild. economy. Yep over the U.S. And this is effectively what happened and what's the problem with it. The Chinese had basically corporate espionage in Germany, stole IP from Motorola and Siemens, and then showed up to the British Services and Culture Ministry, which for some reason oversees some of this, some of this infrastructure building, and said, okay, we can offer you that same antenna or cell tower that you were paying mm -hmm. $9 million for for $1.9 million. And they say, are you interested? And they think, yeah. yeah, we're actually— that sounds pretty good. We're pretty interesting. And Huawei, which is probably the least well-known juggernaut in the world, Huawei is the largest manufacturer of equipment that enables fifth-generation wireless technology, the yep. largest equipment maker yep. of 
of of technology that that enables the fifth key, generation key cellular. Let's just be clear. This is key technology, and we can't even compete here. That's the thing. We can't yes, compete. Um, so it's a really interesting problem, and it just was—it's just a lose. And Europe's going to go that way. And again, it's—it's it's all our own fault in that regard. Hundred, right? we don't. They, they might, percent. And why Huawei, would they? Why would they? If someone said to the dog, "You can own In and Out, or you can own Huawei," I would of course pick In and Out because In and Out is awesome. <laughs> but it would be <laughs> okay. a hard decision, Kara. All right, Huawei. Let me just make one Huawei prediction point. on Huawei. This whole fifth generation yeah. equipment thing—that means they're going to make like what do you call a shit ton, bazillion, gazillion dollars. And our they're strongest gonna the ally they're gonna be has chosen deep China, Kara. The they now choose they have China. Said, here's the thing. They're saying they're going to keep them away for the more sensitive areas. Good, good friggin' luck with that and with the Chinese. I'm sorry. They're oh, like so you the don't only buy part it. I'm you, with you the Trump administration on and, and most administration, most intelligence people is they are going to get in there and they're never going. It's like a it's a mold. Like they're good staying in there and it's not going to ever. It's it's really problematic. It's re, it's a really big deal. And and the efforts have, have by the Trump administration have been so ham handed in dealing with this. Um, it's just not been, ugh, it's so, it's so, in, it's like a lot of things, they're ineffective. Like it doesn't, like they say one, like it's like the North Koreans, like ineffective. It doesn't matter. Blah, 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 ineffective. Like it doesn't, doesn't get what we want. And so, you know, there we have it. Um, we're going to move. Uh, I, I, I would agree with you. This is important. It is very important for people to pay attention to it. So um, wins and fails, wins and fails. I'm going to start. Go ahead. Uh, Bloomberg's ads yesterday were so funny. He On social media, he's all over social media. His numbers are going up. I know you're the Bloomberg man. I'm going to give you give it to you. His numbers are up rather substantively. Double um, digit. He's now, Double he's digit. now moving into three and four yep, position right. or four and five or whatever. But he's right in there, and his numbers have risen. And these ads are Fantastic and so good. He had the dogs talking. He not that not where he shook the dog by the snout because I do that too. Um, where he had the dogs. I like Mike. I lick Mike. You know. And then he had another one that was all in uh, uh, Spanish. Then he had another one that was about um, the, the only issue I have is there's a lot of them in different areas. There's one about John Bolton. There was one about healthcare. I forget. I tweeted a whole bunch of them and they were all fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, the one about gay, big gay ice cream. There were funny ones. Um, they're really getting uh, their their mojo here. I have to say, and I think it's effective. I was sort of pretty in, uh, interested in it, but we'll see. Well, I think he's going to really if if nobody wins in Iowa this week on Monday, um, or there's no clear winner, he's going to have a big uh, a big move on Super Tuesday, I think. Well, that's exactly right. So, we've, we've said that that path or that we've yeah. made that prediction that they the other candidates beat the shit out of each other, run out of money, exhaust themselves through Iowa and New Hampshire, and then show up to Super Tuesday. And there's a billionaire that's just got the best seats in the house and has bought up all the airtime. And we go to an open convention, it and works. it's Bloomberg. And you know what'll be really interesting is mm -hmm. the Super Bowl, Trump's running an ad, Bloomberg's running an ad, and it's going to give a billion people around the world and the 200 million people in the U.S. to watch the Super Bowl. It's going to give them the sense that that is already the foregone conclusion in the matchup right. that's coming. And it'll be sort of yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think it's, it'll a, be, it's I think interesting. That was I think they're doing a beautiful job of it. And we'll see, you know, <laughs> if people, you know, I tweeted them and everyone's like, oh, he bought his way into it. I'm like, uh-huh. So, like, 
Well, that's I, politics. I was like, welcome to politics. Citizens United, my 100%. friend. 100%. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. I, I, that's the way it goes, and I'd rather have him buy him with sales. Yeah, the world is what we people. make of it. Yeah. It, uh, I know. Um, so that is my win. Um, my my fail is not really fail. Facebook announced the oversight board. Uh, they only picked the – they'll hear it this summer. They've selected an administrator who's exactly who you thought they would pick uh, yeah. from an NGO, I think he is. And um, they haven't announced board members. I've heard they were having – people are going back and forth whether to join this board. Uh, you know, this is six months late, I think. This I've written about it before. So I'm just like, I still – is it really going to have an effect or is this a Potemkin village? I'm still uh, unclear on that. So the, the oversight board is really s- slow and I think – you know, they're waiting for the everything to die down on complaints about them. So I, yeah. I suspect that's a fail from my perspective. No, what I about think you? That, I think that's going to have tremendous governance and make everything all right and probably yeah. on its own <laughs> uh, solve the anti-vax <laughs> so, and climate problems, which yeah. are largely being fueled oh. by Facebook that lives on rage. Yeah, I'm excited about that. They haven't board. asked me to be on it yet. I'm still that's a shocker. <laughs> You should be they the should next head of— me. I, I want you to be the next head of the CDC. And when you meet people and shake their hand, you're like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> okay, so my fail, my yeah. fail, and this is a tough one. I had my heart okay. broken this week. As you know, no, through no compensation, what? I talk a lot about Chipotle, and I absolutely oh, no. love the product. I eat there a lot. I think it's fantastic. Okay. All right, rice and beans. Go ahead. There you go. And they were, uh, they settled uh, oh, with yeah. the state of Massachusetts around some serious violations around child labor laws. And as someone who yeah. has... A 12-year-old son, and one of the things I'm most proud about of my son is he's really excited about getting a job. And I had jobs from the age of basically 11 on. I was a box boy. And my son, too. I, I had all—I yeah. I delivered newspapers because, uh, you know, I, I pretty early on, my mom did a good job of connecting work and money and a better life. And one of the things I love or I'm really excited about is my son. You know, we were at, at CVS and he went up to cashier yeah. and said, can I get a job here? And they said, we have to be 14. And he said, okay. He's been telling us I got 17 months before I can work at CVS. But anyways, the, um, the it's it, I, I would – and I don't want to be cancel culture. I don't want to just shame them. I love Chipotle and they love me. They sent me a card where I can walk into any Chipotle and get a for a year a free, free anything. I can just eat up. Not anyway. That was very exciting for me. That was a nice moment, and I love the company. I love the product. So I think this is an opportunity for them to make a grand gesture and do something around uh, supporting youth employment. Yeah, and I would love yeah, to see the CEO it say it was keeping people too late. It's having yeah, them work kids, more than right. These are kids. kids, right? But now a lot of kids work a lot, and a lot of kids. Have and there's to work nothing a lot wrong with that. That's a great great yeah. thing. I think it's important. But I think this is an opportunity. There's only three things you have to remember in a crisis. And that is to acknowledge the problem, to have the top guy or gal address it, and to overcorrect. And so what I would like to say to this company that I love and to the leadership there, this is an opportunity to overcorrect and make an investment in youth employment across your network that is does what it's supposed to do, and that is gives young people some additional income, gives them an opportunity to establish the grit, gives them an opportunity to reinforce what is the one of the greatest brand attributes of America at a young age, and that is we work, Kara. We work. Yeah. So yeah. I would like my fail that could be a win is to call on uh, my brothers and sisters at a company I absolutely love. Uh, and I and I want to be clear, I got no compensation from them other than free burrito mm-hmm. bowls, which uh, arguably is huge compensation, is for them mm-hmm. to uh, make so a grand gesture a and, and cover yeah. up. I, so, and, well, and, good for you to go to turn on your eating place. I thought it was going to be Canoes from 
Can, can, uh, can, can Rupert, whatever, canoes, the, the, the Rupert Murdoch. Are you speaking um, Finnish? What are you doing? What are you no, talking about? No, they have the canoes. You know the canoes? Uh, I'm not. It's I, this new uh, Google News alternative. Oh, news yeah. Corp. It's called canoes.com. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. It's a news aggregation pro- platform. They're trying to compete, I guess, with Google. Yeah, I don't that, know. That's going to be it's about as effective as that governance board you were talking about from Facebook. top news outlets. And to 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 be the, 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 to help as smaller outlets, they believe they think it's going to be fair and balanced. Whatever, uh, it the name of it and the colors. They have this yellow color that's just like breaking your eye. I thought canoes was going to be that. I thought canoes was your going to attack that, but I guess you don't care. I'm un- I'm a complex person, and then I came in with or, the burrito or, bowl or, and child labor. I thought I perhaps I thought that Ben Smith going to uh, New York Times as a media columnist, leaving BuzzFeed, a big important that was interesting. online media person. You have no commentary about online media. Yeah, speaking of BuzzFeed, uh, BuzzFeed mm-hmm. put pressure on Facebook. Someone went on Facebook and created a Facebook page devoted to the business of a 15-year-old's private parts. And she's been yeah, trying to get them to take it down for four years. And finally, BuzzFeed reported it and shamed them into taking it down. So good for BuzzFeed, bad for Facebook. But that's the kind of shit that Facebook is levying across small instances of emotional havoc across the world. And I, I, yeah. I don't know how I even got this. Let's talk about my win. Let's okay, talk about my win. win. Okay. So unfortunately, because of all the news on Monday around uh, uh, the helicopter accident and the death of Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. it somewhat overwhelmed the media airwaves. But Monday was also the 75th anniversary of when the Russian army liberated, or uh, liberated yes. is even the wrong word, but discovered the, the camps at Auschwitz and Birkenau. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really, um, I think it's frightening to think about, you know, the the history that repeats itself is the history we forget, and the, the collision of ideology and propaganda and the demonization of immigrants and this cold comfort that it can happen in a modern society. Well, all of those things happened, and it wasn't too long ago when they liberated—I was thinking about this today—when they liberated mm-hmm. uh, or came to Auschwitz. My father was 15 years old. He's still alive, and he was living about an hour and a half away by, you know, today's jet transportation um, standard. So this could absolutely happen again, unless we remember. And the the vehicles or the 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 most effective means for remembrance has been the survivors. I remember going to Temple with my mother at Temple um, Isaiah and Westwood, and uh, every year they would honor the survivors and they would ask them to stand up. And I'm no exaggeration, thirty five or forty people would stand up. The yeah. first apartment I rented in New York, the guy would come over, and every time he come over and talk to us, he would show us. Uh, the the tattoo of his Ugh, numbers yeah. on on his arm, and they're all it's still chilling. They're, they're chilling all dying, and I worry yeah. that. Well, you uh, know what's incredible? There is a thing. You're to interrupting today my in Auschwitz that, story. Yes, seriously. I, go ahead. Go ahead. You're interrupting going, my Auschwitz story. Keep going. Keep going. So my win is there were some great media uh, stories outlets, uh, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. I thought did really nice, touching, and this is a difficult topic. Because the bottom line is people don't want to click on it. You're going to make more money elsewhere. It's an upsetting thing. So this is the kind of story you think, oh, I'll read it later because it's just incredibly upsetting. But there, there is, um, you know, I feel as a non-practicing Jew, the one thing I've always thought that's really important for anyone who has a connection to Judaism, my mother's Jewish, uh, is to ensure that even though we're losing the survivors, that we make sure that this story and what happened here and uh, it continues to move on such that we can recognize the dangers and have a, an intolerance and an awareness for the type of 
uh, fascism, which is defined by nationalism, demonization of immigrants, a refusal yep. to to get in the way or stop violence against against ethnic minority groups. It feels like all of those things are starting to rear their ugly head. Totally. And totally. So, I mean, just my you know, America First was that's what prevented people from stopping those camps earlier. America First that was trying to not get us into that war. It, Charles Lindbergh and uh, Joe Kennedy, like that, those groups that were slowing down, and it was the same phraseology about immigrants and not getting involved and not being global. And it's it, it really is, and it's including the Supreme Court decision last week that if that that the Trump administration, if you don't, if you if you if you draw upon, you don't have essentially your poor and you draw upon social uh, monies from the government, you might not be eligible to be an immigrant. And think about all those immigrants who came over uh, after the Holocaust who had nothing. And there was a great um, there was a great thread on Twitter about someone's grandmother, grandmother, I think it was, that came back and had no money, and she created all these – she and her grandfather created all these businesses, but they had nothing when they got here. And that, to me, is just the, the echoes of, of how important it was to bring those people here and allow them to thrive in this country after such an incredible tragedy. At the commemoration, and, they had all of yeah. these world leaders there, that, and it's become very political. You know, Russia mm-hmm. is basically—Putin is accusing Poland of not taking more responsibility, and Poland is now mm-hmm. self-conscious and angry about it. And at this at this um, commemoration, uh, Ronald Lauder, who's uh, one of the um, uh, family members of, uh, mm-hmm. of, of the Lauder family, he stood up and he said something very powerful. He was talking about a lot of the demonization of immigrants and anti-Semitism around the world now. And he said, this is not a metaphor, it's a recurrence. And when mm-hmm. he said that, uh, you know, all of the survivors immediately leapt to their feet and began clapping. And all of the people on stage and all the world leaders looked very shamed, which they should be. They should be. But this is, anyways, my win is the media companies that are foregoing clicks and money and clickbait to talk about these important stories and ensure yeah. that when we, we no longer have those those stories from the survivors, that the stories um, uh, continue. And I was especially moved by actually some of the reporting from the Wall Street Journal, the Post, and the New York Times, it's old media that great. takes that takes their journalism serious and their role in society. Because, quite yep. frankly, Monday, all the stories, all of the all of the online media was totally overwhelmed uh, by Kobe, and everybody has the right to mourn for whoever they want, however they want. Mm-hmm. But I worry that story got got a bit buried. Yeah, agreed. I think it's uh, critically important. It's it, similar. It, it's it's it can never be covered enough, and the, and making these links to today are critical. Because it's systemic, it's ongoing, it's persistent. It is a plague. It's a plague of humanity, of human morality, really. Um, and to bring it back to Corona, it just is. It's just, and it never, it never goes away. And people think it does. And you just see the, you know, you don't want to say everything is the same, but it is in lots of ways. Um, that's very deep. You're, between Chipotle and this, you're very woke. You're a social justice warrior, Scott Galloway. Yeah, that's me. Um, that's <laughs> you are. You, secretly, you are. I, I, secretly, you hate capitalism. Capitalism wrapped in empathy and democracy is the engine for all good, Kara. I think that's socialism. <laughs> Touche! Touche! I know you're a Bernie bro underneath your Bloomberg glove. If that's true, I'm a closeted yeah. Bernie bro then. I mean, I'm so you closeted, are. I don't even know it. Oh. There you what? go. Squat. When I'm 55, I'm going to tell my wife I'm moving in with a, a socialist named Javier. Okay, good. That's great. That'll be. I'll come to your wedding. Listen, your prediction. We need a prediction. we got to get out of here. Yeah, You made one a little bit. The Uber Eats thing, that was kind of mm. came out of the side Uber Eats there. is no more. They're going to get out of I have not heard that from them. They're they out. They think it's a big growth business. Oh, no. I, I need, well, if you have another prediction, please make it. 
No, no, that's that's my prediction. That's like that makes that makes that makes ride hailing look like. Why? That is a bold prediction. Because it makes ride hailing look like a good business, and ride hailing is a shitty business, and the pressure is going to come. Whatever typically what happens with a company when they start, their earnings are declining and they're under fire, and it doesn't look like okay, it looks like this is for real. And Dara got a honeymoon because he's very likable. But basically, mm-hmm. they're going to the, the the go-to strategy is always okay. We need to focus, and they're going to say, "What's our least mm-hmm. shitty business here?" And they go, "Ride hailing could be a decent business. It's got decent margins," and they're going to say, "All right, let's focus on ride hailing." And then, if you look at if you just do any analysis of the food delivery business, it, it's a terrible business with no points of differentiation on the supply or the demand side. So it's got tremendous cost pressure, and it's got all these crazily well-funded companies from. SoftBank yeah. has two players in it. It has one company that's public. It's just they're going to look at it and say, let's sell it. They've already sold they already sold their food delivery business in India, I believe. So they're already starting to d- divest themselves from this business. Yeah. So I don't think they double down. I think they get out. But we'll, yeah, I'm just telling we'll you, talked, he talked about it on stage with me as their essentially their future and their Hail Mary and everything else. So that Uber Eats that was, their, a, was their growth engine. Yes. Yep. I'm just yeah, saying. I agree with you. I think sense. it's just a crazy business. Um, in terms of of the competitors and where it's going from Amazon to everybody. You know, just everybody is in this business. What is Kara Swisher up to this week? Oh, wait, weekend. Where are we? Weekend. What? Weekend. Um, Nothing. My kids, my one son is going to visit his girlfriend away somewhere else. And my other son is going to Vegas for debate club. So I have a lovely weekend with my So those are terms you never hear in the same sentence, Vegas and debate club. That's where he's going. He's That's, hitting the. You he's never hitting hit, Vegas. hear that. Vegas and debate club. You don't hear that. I don't a lot. even understand it. I just wrote the check. Anyway, he's very. He's preparing for it. I don't know. He debate club is good. They're they're both. So I'm just going to hang out and just lie around on my back, uh, trying to recover from this ridiculous cold. What are you doing, Scott Galloway? Uh, we're moving. So it's a. It, this is an awful weekend, and it's Super Bowl down here on Monday. So I might go to us. Oh, that's right. It's the Super Bowl, which I could give a shit about. <laughs> I don't even right. know who's playing. Um, <laughs> It's the San Francisco Giants. I yeah. know that. The Giants? Know. The San Francisco Yay. Giants? Is that a purposeful joke? Did you actually just say no, that? The, the San Francisco Giants? Yeah, no, I was teasing you because I, I hate sports. Yeah, well done. It's the, it's the Chiefs, right? The and I didn't Chiefs realize, unfortunately, my nine-year-old is getting better at soccer, and he joined teasing. this demonic instrument called a traveling team, and I'm spending Saturday and Sunday oh, in Palm goodbye. Beach Gardens both days. And I'm like, Good. I'm not going. And then it's like— I didn't realize. Traveling. I never let my kids get near that stuff. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Unfortunately, he's getting—it's just terrible. I'm going to have to sneak in, I I don't know, and kneecap him or something because he's becoming a better athlete, which is really infringing on my leisure time. Oh, you're going to—traveling. Oh, sorry, Scott. Uh, Right? Sorry. Right? That's a— Speaking of plagues, that's a—oh, God, traveling teams. You go everywhere, and they're far. It's, like, always a two-hour drive. Yeah, and then there's one game at 10 and one game at 2, which gives us enough time to, like, go to— Go get a— Get some Chipotle. Yeah, get Chipotle, and then go back. make sure the kids are not working too much. That's right. Make some money. Anyway, Scott. Yeah. Scott, can you please read the the credits, please? I will talk to you next week. We'll talk about the Super Bowl and the ads— the Trump ad and the Bloomberg ad, there's so much to talk about. And then, obviously, impeachment is still going oh, on Oh, yeah, that's right. There's Washington. a lot, there's a lot still, going on there. Yeah. 
We'll talk about it Monday after you get back from your traveling team and Chipotle eating. Please read the credits. Today's show is produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Erica Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Rebecca Castro and Drew Burrows. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts or if you're on Android, check us out on Spotify or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business.